happy Mother's Day. It's so good to see your faces. All these girls, young and older, you're looking fabulous. You showed up well, so welcome. My name is Debbie. I have been coming to NCC for eight, nine years now. I think I've lost track. Um, my husband and I, AC, you, call, you, you may know him as AC, we're raising four babies. And um, we are the lead um, campus leaders for NCC Second Campus, which will be in Forney, coming very soon. It's super exciting. But today, today, I have the honor of hosting my friends here, these beautiful ladies that you will get to meet soon. And I trust you. I trust your, your wisdom. Um, I love each of you in a unique way. So I'm glad that you guys get to share with them. But they might not know you. So could you give, your, give a little bit of an intro on who you are? Yes, my name is Alita, and I've been at NCC for a really long time, and I'm very grateful to have been here for so long and to be here this morning and sharing with y'all. Um, I am married to Caleb Bagby, if you know him. He's pretty great. Uh, we celebrated our three-year anniversary just last week, so, yeah. Um, and we are foster parents, so we just uh, took care of two kiddos for a while, and a couple weeks ago they were reunified with their biological family. So that's the journey that we're on now. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Hannah. I'm actually the kids pastor here. Um, it's my great honor to be that kids pastor here at NCC. Um, I've actually been coming to NCC off and on since I was around 15 or 16, so I've been here quietly in the corners for quite a while. Um, I'm married to Adrian, who I love so much. We're going on four years of marriage this year, um, so that's exciting. We have three dogs. Um, we love taking road trips to anywhere, even if it's only like a 45-minute drive. We're like, let's stop at Bucky's and like get get snacks and like let's make a thing out of this so it's really good um a little unknown fact about me is i'm secretly very competitive um so that may be something a lot of you don't know because you always see my jolly and docile side but if you whip out the nintendo 64 and pop in mario kart a whole new beast emerges so i ask that you challenge me one day it'll be a lot of fun oh i i'm totally into that any other mario kart fans out there Holla. all right come on my name is Sarah. Um, I am married to um, Pastor Aaron, the lead pastor, the guy with the afro running around here somewhere. Um, we have eight kiddos, uh, four through um, biology and four through adoption. And uh, I bet none of y'all know which one is which. And that's what's so funny about how Jesus put our family together. He's, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, and we have been married for home oh, twenty. It'll be twenty-four years in July. It makes me feel real old right now hearing you guys like three-year anniversary. So cute. I'm like, that's a long time ago for me. Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. All right. So I have some questions for you today. Let's start out. Can you guys share with us a funny mom story? Whether that's you and your mom, or you and your kiddos, just share with us something funny. So I have one. Um, do you guys have one of those stories that like your mom or grandma has told you growing up and it's almost like you were there so it's like I can tell the story really well because I've heard it so many times. So that's the story I'm going to tell. So this is a story about my mom who at the time she was 16 years old and it was a Friday night and she had no plans. She had absolutely nothing to do. So she's 16 Friday night. Obviously she didn't want anybody who 
she was like that same age. She didn't want anybody to know that she didn't have any plans, but what she decided to do was hang out with her mom that night, which I think is really awesome because my grandma, who we call Nano, is super awesome. So they were hanging out. They decided to go and get some takeout food. So they're driving. They go to get takeout. They pull up to the takeout line, and my mom spots some friends from school, and she did not want these people who obviously didn't even invite her to hang out, so why does it matter? But she didn't want them to know that she didn't have any plans on a Friday night, and what she was doing was hanging out with her mom. So she's like, Mom, get in the floorboard! <laughs> so my sweet Nano climbs down into the floorboard and is like, <laughs> in a little ball so that nobody would spot my mom with her mom on a Friday night. <laughs> Um, I'll go. I, Aaron has shared this story before, but it's a little different from my perspective. Um, you know, you all, all your moms know. Um, so we had a couple different kiddos who would get car sick on long trips, right? And so we have all the stuff with us to manage that. But we also have one kiddo who, uh, Micah, he is now about to get married, which is crazy. But at this point, he would get he gets migraines when he gets really excited about something because excitement is stress, okay, on your body, even though it's good stress. And so he, we always knew before a big trip he was going to get a migraine. And when he gets a migraine, he doesn't want to say anything about having the migraine until he's so in so much pain that he's throwing up. So we're on this car trip. We have a Suburban. And on this trip, we also brought along a college student who was visiting from the United Kingdom and couldn't fly home for Christmas. So we've got this college student who's like 6'4 in the back seat. Jaron's a baby at this point. The other kid's in the back seat. And Micah starts throwing up on the ride. And, um, and Aaron's not the kind of dad that's like, pull over on the side of the road. He's like, here's a McDonald's cup, you know, or a bucket. Like, we're going to keep driving. It's a 13-hour drive. Um, and so he's throwing up in the back seat. And then in the middle of him throwing up, he somehow throws an elbow and busts Angela's nose. So blood starts pouring out of her nose. And I'm like, pull the car over. I don't even care. We get out of the car. This poor British kid is like, what family did I go on Christmas break with? And he's standing on the side of the road in the middle of North Dakota. And um, we're trying to pull the puker out, you know, and there's like a puke bag back there. And then there's blood. And like, of course, you can't find anything. So baby wipes and she's bleeding. And where is my husband? He has his phone. He's like, this is so tweetable. And he's taking photos. I've got like blood and puke and stuff all over me. And he's like, you're going to thank me one day because I have photos documenting this. And here's the irony. We don't know where those photos are. Gross. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take it from funny to a little more serious because real life. Um, tell us, what do you think is one of the hardest things about parenting, about being a mom? Um, I think what is really difficult, I think, in motherhood is just how deep that is, how what deep of a well that is. And you know, I used to think, I already accepted, I'm going to cry this morning, so. Um, I used to think that was kind of my own struggle because of frustrations with my body and infertility and also having this call from the Lord since high school about fostering. And that's messy and weird and you don't know, like, you know, the first time that they called me a mom, I was like, wait am I a mom? I don't know if I'm a mom. I don't know. 
And I think like that, that well is just so deep. It is the place that holds my own, my most insecurity and most embarrassment and most frustration. And I think over the last few months, like realizing like it's not just that for me, but I think that is motherhood. You know, it holds, like God has designed women with this like treasure of caring for things. Um, and thank you. <laughs> this like just opportunity and treasure. And so it's really, really deep and it's really, really important. And so I think that's where a lot of women and moms do find like they feel the most insecure or the most like I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing as good of a job. And so whatever like for me it's very unique, you know, and for other women it's just as unique, you know, what they're dealing with and what God's asked them to. So I think like just realizing the most difficult part is just what it is, you know, it's because um, it is so important. It's such a calling um, from the Lord and so it's just really difficult. Yeah. Thanks, Alita. So for me, um, I had prayed a lot about this question. I consulted other moms about this question. I don't have babies of my own just yet. Um, so for me, this question, I was like, okay, I'm going to go for the perspective of a daughter and from the perspective of the kids' pastor. Um, and my heart for the kids, you guys don't even know, uh, my heart for the kids, I, I take that on like they are my own. Um, I take full responsibility for them. And I would say one of the things that came to mind is control. So the illusion of being in control, not being able to be in control, not being able to control your kids' health, not being able to control their safety at all times, not being able to censor every single thing that they watch, not being able to stop them from going through heartbreak. And the thing is, I think, even aside from moms, as women, we love so deeply and we attach so deeply that we would, and moms, am I right, would we take any pain that they had, any heartbreak that they had, any kind of situation that they may go through, we would take that upon ourselves because we love them so much. And so I think one of the hardest things is not being able to control everything that they're going through and having to surrender that control to God. And the funny thing is, it's easy to surrender what's easy to surrender, right? Like the things that we're willing to hold with open palms, it's easy to surrender that stuff. But when it's your baby, when it's someone that you dearly, deeply love, man, isn't that super hard to surrender that control and say, you know what, God, whatever you call me to do, whatever you call us to walk through, whatever my baby goes through, I trust you. I trust you in all of it. And it's something that we would like to be able to say that we surrender 100% of the time. But control is a tricky thing. And it, there's this illusion that we have it sometimes. And we really don't. So I would say control is one of the most difficult things about parenting and even just loving deeply as a woman. I don't know that I have much to add to that. <clears throat> Those were both really, really great. Um, I do think uh, it's parenting and, and being a mom is so difficult because um, it is like planting a seed deep, deep down into the ground, and it can take a really long time before you see fruit. Um, often it is thankless work. <laughs> People don't really appreciate fences till they need them, and we spend a lot of our lives building fences to protect our kids and boundaries they don't even know they need yet, you know? And so it can take a long time, um, but I can for sure encourage some of you mamas of little ones, when your kids get older, 
there's lots of texts and calls and, oh, mom, like, thank you. Oh, dad, thank you. Like, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today. And so you just got to keep planting and keep getting your elbows down deep in the dirt. It's hard work, but it's, it's good work. Wow, you guys, I was not prepared for how those answers would touch me. Okay, here's another good question. How do you balance the other roles and responsibilities that you carry when you are also caring for children? You know, you're a wife, you're a daughter, you're a friend, you, you serve here, um, you're a professional, you're a follower of Jesus yourself. How do you balance all of those roles and hats? I'll hop on this one. Um, I think balance is the difficult word because I just don't know if we ever really achieve balance. Um, but I think for me, the importance has been recognizing that and it's so funny, my counselor, I swear she says this phrase to me over and over, this is just a piece of the picture. Um, your, your mom role, your mom hat is only a piece of you. It is not the whole of you. And so the days where it's difficult, where I think I am blowing it as a mother, um, she's like, that you're, you're not blowing it as a person. Um, and so just being able to recognize I am a friend, I am a daughter, and where, where are all these other roles in the list? They're lower down at the beginning, at the very top, I belong to him, and, and he gives me everything that I need. And so just knowing that that's just a piece of who I am. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is to hold things loosely. You know, it's the principle of, um, you know, God can, can change whatever he wants to in different seasons. Um, and, you know, I've seen that and we probably will continue of even the small things of like cooking dinner every night. Oh, well, this season I can't do that, even though that's something that I enjoy. I, I can't do that. And, yeah. and changing things around. It's like, you know, there's nothing that gives me like makes me similar to what you're saying, makes me who I am so much that like it can't be moved around. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought of this this quote that I saw uh, not that long ago. Um, every word I speak, every dish I scrub, every diaper I change, every spill I clean that's done out of love for my Savior is divinely transformed from a mother's chore into a daughter's worship. And, you know, that talks about chores, but I do think it applies to everything that we do. It's like it doesn't really matter to me, like, what hat it fits yeah. into, yeah. it's still, like, my worship yeah. to the king, and so he can change things around, and he can prioritize, because it's, it's all the same, you know, and I think, like, parents in general have to go from thinking really high, you know, like, up here, what are big moves that I need to make, and big things, and then also, like, the low things, like, picking up puke and stuff, and, and we, we kind of prioritize ourselves, but giving that, holding that loosely and giving that to the Lord um, and realizing like every single thing is worship to the Lord. That's good. Yeah. So good. Thank you. Um, kind of along the same thread, how do you, and I want to take notes on this, how do you prioritize taking care of yourself, self-care and taking care of your spiritual growth? So I wanted to recommend a book. Um, actually, it's by Christine Kane, and it's called How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You Away. Um, because let's face it, like we've, we've all gotten our head into the daily grind and gotten so, so busy in our daily schedule that we look up and we're like, 
man, how did I drift off course? Like, I'm not the only one, right? Like, we've all gotten so busy that we realize that we've, we've drifted a little bit. And the thing about drifting, the funny thing is, you don't choose to drift. You drift by doing nothing, right? So, like, when we're out at sea or wherever we may be, you're not choosing for the waves to take you where you're going. It's just that you're not paddling anymore, right? So whenever we're not prioritizing our growth, we're, we're slowly drifting. Whenever I'm not prioritizing time with God, I'm slowly drifting from God. And the funny thing about drifting is one day you wake up and you lift your head and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? Like I look in the mirror and I don't even recognize who I am. And that's the thing is that it's usually so hard to recognize because let's face it, during a drifting period, we're not actually doing nothing right? Like I know to drift, I said that we have to do nothing, but it's that we're so busy doing so much for everyone else that we've allowed ourselves to become the lowest priority. And because of this, it's causing the drifting. So you have to start making deposits into yourself because during this drifting period, you've stopped making deposits into yourself personally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. And instead you're making withdrawals day in and day out. You're making withdrawals and making withdrawals. And the problem there is that eventually you're going to run dry. So it's so important to make deposits into yourself, even those small moments that you can sacrifice um, to give up and recognize like, hey, I'm going to pour into myself. And I think practically that looks at looking at your yeses and your noes. So I had this conversation. I'm going to give you a turn in just a second. But I had this conversation (laughs) just just this uh, last weekend, actually. And we were talking about saying yes to stuff. And I think as people or even as Christians, it's hard to think like that I'm supposed to say no to some things, right? Like it feels like I'm supposed to help everybody who asked me. I'm supposed to serve everybody who asked me. I'm supposed to go to every event. I'm supposed to do all this stuff, right? Like it feels like impossible to say no to some of that stuff. But here's like a quick mind-blowing thing everything that you say yes to is in turn a no to something else you just don't know it so every time I say yes to helping with that extra work project I'm actually saying no to getting home in time to spend time with my family or every time I say yes to that other thing I'm actually saying no to this other thing over here so even if you find it hard to say no you're still saying no you're just not wielding those yeses and no's wisely. So I would say get alone with God and try to set those boundaries in place. Yeah, I would. I, that was amazing. We need to give you the mic more often. Um, just saying, Pastor Aaron. Um, so one thing that I really recommend to everybody, and this is where the coach in me comes out, is to know yourself. And so for the longest time as a mom, I felt so guilty because this spiritual moms that I knew were like getting up at 5 a.m. and having an hour and I was like I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. you know like I had little babies and stuff at home and and so I had to learn my own rhythm and what worked for me right and like the spaces that I could create and sometimes that was putting on worship while I was washing the dishes and just having time with Jesus and like you, you have to know yourself and not put the pressure on yourself to do it like everybody else does it. Um, there are some great little quizzes and things online that can help you learn what are your habit-forming uh, tendencies. You know, I know I tend to put other people before myself. 
And so if, if I'm going to take some self-care time, I need to put it into my schedule before I allow anything else onto my schedule. I need to protect it. Um, but Aaron's different than me. Like for him, he needs an ebb and a flow and some spontaneity. And so know yourself and prioritize and find the, the ways that Jesus is just with you all day, every day. And I know I've shared this before, but my mentor says, you know, I didn't curl my hair this morning. Jesus and I curled my hair this morning. Like Jesus is with you all the time. When you're in that struggle and you're, you're starting to stress out about that decision you have to make or your kid's snapping at you or something else going on, he is with you right there. And it's not just having to clear an hour out of your schedule. It is just sharing your everyday moments with him at the day in and day out stuff. So good. Um, thank you so much for that. Why is it easy for us to feel like we are all alone in our struggles? Like the day-to-day -day stuff that you guys are mentioning, why does it feel like in that moment, like nobody else gets it, we're the only ones who struggle this way? Um, I was pondering this question. It's just interesting, just, I mean, the last like six months that we've gone through. Um, but honestly, I would say nobody does get it all the way. Nobody does, like nobody knows exactly what you're going through with the past that you have and the things that God's calling you to and the certain frustrations and even celebrations, like nobody 100% understands and that's okay. Like that shouldn't stop us from having those close people. You know, like people, people say stupid stuff, you know? Like, you know, with, with us, like, doing fostering and stuff, no one quite gets it, and that's okay. Like, people say dumb stuff about their neighbor once taking care of their grandma's cat and had to give that cat back and it was really hard on them. And I'm like, yeah, not the same thing, but <laughs> You know, people say stuff, and that's okay. I think, like, giving grace to the people that are closest to you, of like, they're not gonna get it, and that's okay because that may be a space that I... I need Jesus to be my savior. I need Jesus to be my comforter. And not everyone's going to understand. And I think for me, kind of the reverse is like, sometimes I'm not going to have the right words to say or be worried about doing too much or too little. And like, that's okay as well. It still is important to have those people closest to you. Um, but also knowing like they don't 100% give it and giving grace for that as well. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I would add, like, vulnerability is hard, right? I think Pastor AC shared a message a couple months ago where he had that wall that he built up, you know, and used that illusion of we hide behind this wall out of fear or, you know, being afraid that somebody's going to condemn us. And because what you said at the beginning, Alita, motherhood is, like, so tied into our identity that it's like, oh, if I share this with Debbie, is she going to give me the eye? Like, I'll never do that. You know, like I, it, there's so much shame that can be wrapped up in that. And when we get vulnerable with other people, it's scary. And so I think oftentimes we do. We isolate and protect ourselves. Um, and it's why it's a core thing here. Like we live life together. We are a community of faith. We are a body. We need one another. And so letting that guard down can be really hard. Yeah, for me, whenever I thought about this, I thought mostly about... Um, just being maybe judged because you're not out of it yet. Like maybe you did share something that's going on, but you're still struggling with it. And the reason you don't want to keep talking about it or the reason you're not going to share it is because you're like, 
well, gosh, shouldn't I really be through this already? Or like, shouldn't I have already gotten over this problem by now? And am I not going to be harshly ridiculed and judged? Because, man, I must just be a super failure because I'm still struggling with this same issue, right? So that was one of the things that came to mind. And I loved what you guys were saying about kind of even playing the comparison game because that came to my mind as well, right? Like some of the reasons that we isolate ourselves is because we allow Satan to make us think that we're less than everybody around us, that our sin is somehow worse than the neighbor's sin. And, and that's just not true. Like, you're like, oh, well, I don't see anybody else struggling in their marriage, so I guess it's just me. Or I don't see anybody else yelling at their kids, so gosh, I must just be a bad mom. Or man, I see her reading her Bible and praying more than me, so God probably loves her more than he loves me, right? But the thing is, like, when are we going to step back and realize, like, sin is sin. And when we isolate ourselves, do you know what that does? It unlocks the door for Satan to turn the handle and come in and get a foothold in your mind and in your life. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel alone, right? Because once you bring in the village, that's when things start changing. When you bring in those people who are going to pray for you and speak life over you and allow you to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that's when your perspective changes. What your situation is may not change, but your perspective changes and it allows for growth. So yeah, it's super important. And I think that we allow comparison and all kinds of things to allow us to isolate ourselves. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Last question. What is the impact of inviting others in on your, in your life and sharing your struggles with them? That makes sense? Yeah, I, you know, I'll use a really practical example from my life. So um, whenever we were youth pastors, much younger, um, and Angela was a baby, I think she was like six months old. She couldn't walk yet. So I had two toddlers and a baby, and we were youth pastors, and I fell and broke my foot. Not doing anything fun, y'all. Carrying in a box of diapers from the car. My stories are lame. But I broke my foot. I couldn't walk. And Aaron, of course, it's the week before youth camp. So Aaron's about to leave for a week to go to youth camp with the students. And I can't even carry my baby around my house. And I was, like, trying to tough through it as hard as I could. And uh, this one night after youth service, I came home. And uh, so this was, like, two days later. And my house was full of people. And they were like cleaning and doing laundry. My laundry was downstairs in the basement. I couldn't even carry a laundry basket downstairs. They did all my laundry in the house. And I was so embarrassed. Like my first feeling was, I have youth leaders digging through my dirty underwear in my room. You know, like for reals. It, I'm like, I, this is embarrassing. But I needed them. You know, like I needed them. And I was so afraid to admit that I did. And I, I think that illustration plays through like when we invite people in it's a little hard sometimes at first but we get what we need you know from one another and they get to be a part and share in that you know they get to share in the joy of serving other people who have needs and being part of our community of faith and so I do I think it's difficult but it definitely always wins out in the end yeah I mean Really, so many of you know, but the last six months is a picture of what it looks like to have, you know, community for us. Like it, it was very difficult, and being part of such a broken system and feeling this calling of caring for, you know, kiddos who don't have a place, we will always need that. But, like, these ladies up here, like, almost daily encouraged me and understood like such deep 
trauma that we were dealing with and, you know, times that, like, Pastor Aaron and AC just, like, showed up at our house because Caleb texted them, <laughs> like, we need you guys, <laughs> you know, because we, we just had to. And so many of you every Sunday would ask and would send texts that you're praying for us or encouragement. And even if I, I couldn't respond or I couldn't reciprocate, I knew I had so many people who cared for us who would drop everything and help. Um, and there's no way that we would come out of this and not that it's en ended by any means, but like as healthy as we are and like our marriage as good as it is and you know, us still like being here and serving and like still feel like we have the love that we need and everything um, if it wasn't for like community and um, even times where I didn't really wanna let people in, people that were close enough to push and uh, to get in. So. Yeah, it's just really beautiful picture of the church. Yeah. Thank you. Ladies, thank you so much for being vulnerable here in front of a bunch of people. And when I say that I trust your wisdom, I mean that with all my heart. Thank you for sharing that wisdom with us today. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> applause. Thank you so much. Um, church, if you feel far from God today, we want to pray with you. We know that we've all sinned and that that separates us from God. We know that our life experiences can bring so much confusion. And if today you feel the distance, if today you feel the need to start a relationship with Jesus, we want to pray with you. We want to do that together. We know that there's nothing we can do to draw near to God. There's nothing we can do to fix that gap. But Jesus died on the cross for that. God had a plan from the beginning because he knew what we would do. He knew that we would mess it up. And he had a plan, and that plan was for Jesus to bring us close. And so today, if you're far from God, no matter what that dist how that distance was created, today you can choose to draw near. You can choose to say yes to his forgiveness, to his love. And what we're going to do in a second is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're all going to pray together so no one is doing this alone. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that basically says this. We, we're going to acknowledge that we are sinners where we're at right now. We're going to acknowledge that we desire a relationship with our Savior, that he, that he becomes our Savior, that he becomes our Lord. We're going to acknowledge that he separates us from our sin as far as east is from the west, and that is so undeserving. So if you feel like that's something you want to choose today, just repeat with us this prayer. We're all going to do this together, and we're declaring with our words a decision that we're making in our hearts, okay? So let's all bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for all that you are. Today, I choose your forgiveness. I acknowledge that I've sinned. I acknowledge that I've sinned. I acknowledge that I'm far from you. I acknowledge that I'm far from you. And I acknowledge that you are my savior. And I acknowledge that you are my savior. We pray that you remove our sin. We pray that you remove our sin. From us as far as the east is from the west. From us as far as the east is from the west. That you wipe my heart clean. That you wipe my heart clean. As white as snow. As white as snow. Be the savior of my life. Be the, Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life, and let me start a relationship with you. We love you, and we thank you. We love you, and we thank you. In 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can y'all help me celebrate for those that this was a decision for you today? Hey, if, if you pray that and that was a decision for you today to draw near, we do not want you to do that alone. None of us have and you shouldn't either. If you look up here, there's a website that you can go to. You'll type in some quick information. That will let us know that you have made a decision. And we want to resource you. We want to talk you through the next steps. We don't want you to just walk out and then just figure that out on your own. We want to walk with you as you walk with Jesus. Amen? Thank you. All right, I'm going to pray for um, all the moms in the room. And I do want to say this. I don't think we've acknowledged this yet. Mother's Day is a painful day for some people. Um, and I've walked through this with my friends. Some of you may be hurting today because you're missing your mom. Um, you've lost your mom. Um, some of you may be hurting today because you're not a mom. And you've been asking the Lord to make you a mom for a while. And you're living in that space where you believe the promise and you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. And so I want to pray for you too. And then I want to pray for all of the moms in the room. Will you bow your heads and, and close your eyes with me? Lord. Thank you so much, God, for giving us this picture, Lord. When you created Adam and you created Eve and you named Eve a life giver, you, you, she was the first mom. And, God, you've given us this beautiful picture of, of a reflection of yourself in moms throughout the world. And, Lord, I just pray a blessing over every mother hearing my voice this morning. God, I pray your grace and your mercy over her, Lord, that you would be there near to her, that she would sense your presence and your support, God, on the good days and on the hard days, on the days she feels alone and the days she feels surrounded by your presence, God. Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom and guidance, Lord, as she leads her children or her grandchildren, Lord, and the children surrounding her spiritual children, Lord. Give her wisdom from your word, Lord. Let her continue to grow up, Lord Jesus, and to dig deep roots into your presence, into the well of your word, God, that she can flourish, Lord. God, I pray for those today who are hurting I pray for those who are missing their moms, Lord, who've lost their moms, God, and I just pray your comfort. Your word tells us that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, that you are near the brokenhearted, and so, God, I know that you are near to them. God, I pray that they would sense your nearness and that you would bring the comfort that only you can bring, Lord, and to those who are waiting today. God, they're waiting to take on that title of mom. And they have prayed and they have cried and they, like Hannah, have laid their lives before you asking God for the promise of a child. God, I pray your comfort. I pray your peace, Lord Jesus. Grow their faith in this space, God, and help them to know that you hear, that you are not silent or far away, that you are here and you are near, God that you will, God, bring all of the promises in your word to completeness in their lives. God, go with all of us today. Be near to us, Jesus. Remind us how good and faithful and strong you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.